Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 854. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiismach at take10fortorah.org. So this coming week we're going to read Parshas Amalek, Parshas Zachar we call it, the uh, obligation to remember the events that happened soon after the Exodus where the Jewish people were attacked by a nation called Amalek. And we are commanded to remember these events. So it talks about how Zachar is Asher Asalacha Amalek Baderach Batzeischem Mimitzrayim Asher Karcha Baderach. Remember what they did after you left Egypt. Asher Karcha Baderach, and we'll get back to that phrase in a bit. Velo Yare Elokim. And one of the things that it seems to emphasize is that they did not fear God. And so it says, when you are able to settle down in the land of Israel, you should remember to rid yourselves of these people. These people seem to be a big problem. And so we understand that these people, not just an ethnic thing, it seems to be a belief issue. And this becomes clear when you read the actual story in Parshas B'Shalach. Parshas B'Shalach tells a story about how Vayavo Amalek Vayelachim in Yisrael Berafidim. Amalek came and went to war with the Jews in this place called Rafidim soon after the Exodus. And so interesting things occur. Vayemar Moshe Yoshua, Baruch Alano Anashim, choose people, Vatselahilachim Ba'amalek, and go to war, go fight with Amalek. Machar Anochin Yitzaval Rosh Hagevao Mateho Elokim Biyadi. I'm going to stand on top of a mountain with the staff of God in my hand. So this is really interesting. At this point in history, Yehoshua is very junior, and Moshe is telling Yehoshua, go make an army, and I don't know, I'm not sure how much confidence this will create in what's happening over here, but yeah, Moshe is going to be on top of a mountain, Yehoshua is going to be leading a war, and okay. Pasa continues, So when Moshe would raise his hands, when he was on the top of this mountain, the Jews would win. And then he would put his hands down, and Amalek would win. So then it continues, And so his hands, I guess, were heavy. It was difficult for him to hold them up. And they brought a stone, and he sat on it. And each one, Aaron and Chur, stood on either side of him and helped him keep his arms up in the air. And his hands were emunah, his hands were steady, until the end of the day. And we weakened Amalek, it says. Yeshua weakened Amalek, not that we uh, got rid of Amalek entirely, we simply just um, weakened them. And so it's really interesting that this seems to have this element of emunah, this seems to have this element of Moshe on his hands. What, what is this all about? And so the story of Amalek is best understood in the context of Purim. So Purim, we know, is round three against the nation of Amalek. Round two happens in the days of Shmuel and Shaul the king and Agag. And round three happens, traditionally as we understand it, in the time of Haman versus Mordechai. And in that story, there are very important elements which remind us of what might be said to be the principle behind what is this belief system that was so faulty that Amalek had? What is this focus on Amalek and this focus on the, the, their opposition, not necessarily to Israel, to the people, but also to God. And so I think that's explained from a very well-known Pasuk in Devarim Perak Lamanaf, Pasuk Yud Ches. The Torah there talks about how in the future the Jews are going to worship idols. It's going to be a terrible thing. They're going to stray after all other gods. And God says, in that moment, I will leave them. They have left me, so I will leave them. But then he clarifies, and he says, I will simply 
be hiding. I will not be gone. I will not actually leave the Jewish people, even though they have left me. I will just be hiding. I will astir, astir panai bayamahu. I will hide my face on that day. Famously, the Gemara Megillah says, how do we know Esther and Atar minayin? How do we know that the uh, we, we, there's a reference to Esther in the Torah? Of course, we know that that happens elsewhere. By the way, it's a Gemara Chul, not a Gemara Megillah, I apologize. And so the Gemara explains, because these words, Anochi hastir astir, there's a reference to Esther in hastir astir, the words for hide. And so we know that Purim is really about this search for God. The entire story of Purim does not have a reference to God doing this or God doing that. And so the story, as unbelievable as it seems, as as really um, coincidental as everything has to happen in just a particular way for the events and for the miracle to occur as it does, there is no reference to God's involvement. And so our goal, it seems, is to find that Hester, find that hidden, find that Esther behind the story that is the story of the Megillah. Now that seems to be what Amalek is all about. When you look at Rashi, who says, Asher Karcha Baderech, they are the ones who uh, came across us, Asher Karcha Baderech, Rashi offers a few explanations. One of them is, Lashon Mikre. It's just, they happened upon the Jews. It's just coincidence. Perhaps their argument was, yeah, it is true that the Jews got out of Egypt in an incredibly fortuitous way, but maybe it was just luck. Maybe there is no God on their side. Maybe the tides and the winds hit the Red Sea exactly at the right way. Maybe there was a, a economic downturn. Maybe there was a plague of some sort. Things that happened that affected the Egyptians in a greater way that, that affected the Jews, and the Jews were able to capitalize on all those events and come out. But who says God is really on their side? That was their argument. That is what Amalek believed. The belief in deism, not the belief in theism. The belief in a God perhaps that created the world but is uninvolved and not a God who is still involved in this world. That was the the premise of Amalek. Now the interesting thing is that the halacha does not require us to say halal on Purim. There's no halal on Purim. So there are a few answers and explanations in the Gemara as to why that is. And one of them is because the Megillah is the halal. It's so interesting because halal is usually about the overwhelming praise that we have for God in the important moments of, of recognition of important miracles throughout our history. But here, there is no recognition of any of that because God is not even in the story of the Megillah. So how could the, the Megillah be the halal? Unless that exactly is the point. The point in Purim is whenever we battle against Amalek, to be able to read God into the story. Amalek wishes to have God out of that story, reads the story of human history, of Jewish history in particular, without having God involved. And our goal is to specifically read God into that story. And so indeed, the story of the Megillah, even without God's name, is the halal. That's the exercise of halal and praise that we are to be engaging in. We are to understand that Finding God in the story is the goal. There's the word melech on the top of each column, as we uh, usually have in traditional Megillahs. And so the idea that Megillah and every column and every turn page, every uh, moment at every significant juncture, the melech referring to God is still there. And so Moshe finds himself on top of this mountain fighting against Amalek. And really what Moshe is doing is way more important than what Yeshua is doing down there. Of course, Yeshua has to fight, and Yeshua has to shoot bullets and, and, and use uh, swords and engage in practices and uh, the, the, the agents of war. But really what's important is Moshe's hands. And as the Mishnah Rosh Hashanah explains, when he points up, the Jews realize, may I and Ezri. They realize where does their help and their assistance come from. When he is not pointing up, they miss this lesson. They're ignoring what exactly it is that we and Amalek 
are fighting about. And so when we have the end of the story in Parshas B'Shalach, it says, Vayivin Moshe Mizbeach, Moshe builds a Mizbeach, Vayikra Shemo Hashem Nisi. He calls it God is my miracle. That is the name that he names this Mizbeach. This story is not a battle against a people. It's a battle against a belief system. And the belief that God is uninvolved in our history, God is uninvolved in our lives. And he concludes, Moshe, in that moment, Vayomer Kiyon al their hand, Amalek's hand, is on the throne of God. So as if to diminish it, to pull it down, to tear it down. There is a Melchama, a war that goes on, that exists with Amalek in every generation. In every generation, there are those who want to say that the Jewish story is not special. There's nothing amazing about Jewish history. There's nothing remarkable. There's nothing uh, particularly poignant about the experiences that the Jews have had the lessons they have learned throughout history, it's not with the involvement of God. And that is the position of Amalek that we attempt to battle so much. And so on this holiday of Hester Panam, Anochi Hester Aster Panay, we put on masks, we try to engage in this in this uh, attempt to see beyond, to look beyond the stories that we tell, to look beyond the things that we perceive, to try to understand what is God's purpose, missions, and goals behind all of the things that occur. We look when we shoot bullets and when we uh, aim those arrows. Of course, we need to do that with the greatest seriousness, but ultimately we look up at the mountain and see Moshe pointing up to see exactly from where our help comes. That seems to be the story of Amalek. That seems to be the continuation of the story throughout all of uh, the generations and particularly isolated in this story of Purim. And so I think the task for us is to figure out how it is that we read more God into our lives. Have a great day.